Hey everyone, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called In Our Own Way. And no, I don't mean doing it in our own way. I mean getting in our own way. So here we go, guys. Thanks for joining. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to admit when I'm getting in my own way, but I think it happens more often than most of us would like to admit. Oh boy, it's crazy the way that we are wired as human beings. When I really evaluate our bodies, it's like they're always trying so hard to find the best way for survival and, you know, to help us, but then somehow (laughs) it's just the human way we just get in our own way of letting it do so and not um you know having the system sort of fall apart (laughs) so i know i've talked to you before about some of the different chemicals in our bodies and how this can happen um where you know back in caveman times these things were necessity and now it's like we get stressed and they stay high and they don't know when to back back down Well, this isn't all that different, really. I mean, it is different, very different, but all right, let me just explain it. (laughs) So our brain has a part in it called the amygdala. Oh boy, this amygdala is like, I don't know, I think of it like a troublemaker for some reason, (laughs) because it's a part of our brain that's responsibility is to be looking out for problems. if, If you think of it in that light, So think of it kind of like this. The amygdala really is the system that's helping to process like fear and fearful things and like these threatening things that we encounter. It's like that's its job is to then sort of detect the possible threat and problem and then sort of like have the responses match to keep us protected. Does that make sense? So this isn't meant to be like a medical, you know, class here. And this is not, you know, any of this, none of it is my medical opinion or, you know, diagnosis or treatment or anything. But when you have something in place that is intended to basically identify a problem and then respond, you know, correctly to it, a lot can go kind of wrong there. (laughs) We, um, especially because this is where I said there was like that similarity to before with those stress hormones, because it's like our, our own awareness of what is a problem and what needs to be feared (laughs) needs to be evaluated a little bit because what's happening here is the amygdala is identifying things and automatically going, here's where it could go wrong. So let's say like, okay, I want to, I want to go apply for this position. And the second I'm starting to make mental plans and preparation for it, the amygdala is almost like going, wait a minute, you could fail. What if this doesn't work? Maybe you should stay and play it safe. Where like right now you have a steady income and taking this job would disrupt things and be starting at the beginning again. And and it just keeps going and flashing all of these potential problems in your brain. Well, the problem is our mind's eye is really strong in creating our reality. Remember thoughts becoming things? I know so many of you have probably heard that by now, if not from my mouth, from somebody's. (laughs) You know that like what we're thinking is what's going to come into play. So if fear is the driving force, 
uh, are we really creating the reality that we want? That's what I really want you to think about. So somehow it's like we need to be like, yep, I hear you. I gotcha. And still, I need you to take a back seat because I'm driving this bus and I've got this. Because somehow we still need to be able to do true visualization, which requires us to actually see an outcome that we want and desire, not a fear-based one. And so maybe this is where, you know, a lot of people that do trauma work and stuff will We'll talk about how if you don't really get your past traumas treated and worked through, that they keep rising up and like rearing their ugly heads, it's probably at play here a bit, right? So it's like, if we're not careful, everything that we're afraid from past experience might just come back into our present. And we could just find ourselves in this vicious cycle of like replay. Like who really wants to replay all of our worst case scenarios again and again and again in our lives? Like if we want to get out, step out of having the same bad stuff happen and the same like lack of hitting that goal, then we can't continuously fall back into that same cycle of the amygdala, you know, in action, basically saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Um, you know, it's going to keep trying to keep you safe. It's going to keep trying to make you play small. And it's it's a tough one. You're up against yourself in a, in a lot of ways. And so inner work is one thing for sure. We've got to do our work on, you know, getting into the psychologist's office, getting on a couch, talking about our problems, working through these childhood things, whatever that looks like, whatever therapy or treatment you're choosing, just some way um, to really get at the root of things that we might have carried forward with us from our, our backgrounds, um, especially the heavy stuff. And to make sure that it's not really negatively affecting the here and now, we really don't want to drag that stuff along with us as baggage per se you know I mean this is probably where a term like that came from because it's like we're carrying it with us forward right that gives you that visual image of a suitcase of carrying something with you and if you can leave it in the past then it's like a clean slate for your brain to reevaluate. I feel like okay here's a new scenario you know and of course like our go-to our brain is just gonna immediately pop up with well this could happen Maybe we should do this. This feels better. This doesn't make our heart race. This doesn't make us feel anxious. This doesn't make us uncomfortable. So it's going to want to keep throwing in your face the life of ease, which is simplicity and robotic actions of the same thing you did yesterday and the day before because that feels familiar. It feels safe. But <laughs> the problem is most of us, when we're setting goals, we're not setting a goal of maintaining our same self. We're setting goals that are bigger, better improvements. So it takes some risk to get there. It takes shaking things up a bit. It takes a step into the unknown and like not having a guarantee. And it's all those things that are going to make our amygdala super uncomfortable. <laughs> so make it uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And I mean, I like to think that the more uncomfortable my amygdala is, the more that means I'm taking a step in the right direction because it's uncomfortable because it sees that I'm, I'm doing something that is eliciting change, <laughs> improvement, change, different, you know what I mean? It's 
uh, yeah, it might be it might be making things light up in my brain and and sort of flash that neon sign that says caution ahead, danger ahead. But I don't need to necessarily make that sign make me yard on my brakes and come to a complete stop and decide to just do what I did yesterday. You have to find a way to let that flashing sign still exist because we can't just throw our amygdala away. It has very good, very important purposes in keeping us safe and protecting us. So you need to find a way to let that exist and. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be an either or. Um, You know, we can still be safe and we can still not do things that are going to, you know, put us at physical risk or in harm's way or, you know, at risk of losing everything we have. But we can also step out of the box a little bit. We can find ways to push the boundaries of that box and to see a life that has all those things in it that you want without immediately letting fear override and make you just fade back into the shadows again. And so this plays into all aspects of our life and goal setting. It plays into relationships and trying to, you know, find that special person in it. It plays into the workplace, as I was just saying, and, you know, whether or not you're feeling confident enough to start your own business or to feel confident enough to ask for that raise you feel like you deserve or whether you're daring enough to take on a new position at a new place or whatever, you know, and it plays into like just your literally your everyday experience of what is going on um, that's going to break you out of that robotic pattern of the norm. I think that's what needs to shake up. So many people, alarm goes off same exact time every single day, go down, eat the same breakfast, maybe mix that up a bit, but by exactly this time on the clock, you're starting to get out the door. You know, you're dropping the kids at school or you're whatever it is. There's a routine to your day. There's a predictability, makes your amygdala quiet right down and feel all happy and well, but it's not helping you in your overall picture of achieving things, achieving new goals and making changes. And this is, after all, January and it is January, right? (laughs) It is January and it's the month of everybody goal setting and trying to start anew and fresh and make new goals higher goals for themselves. So why not set the standard a little higher? Let's raise the bar. (laughs) You know, if we're just okay with this robotic daily sequence of things that are going to come to pass, sure, your life will be nice and predictable and safe. But I mean, whoever looked back upon their life and said, wow, what a safe life I lived. (laughs) No, you want it to be beautiful and colorful and wild. And, you know, all the adventures and things that make it fun probably did make your amygdala a little uncomfortable. It probably did, you know, light up some things in your brain that were going, I don't know about this, but guess what? At the end, how many times have you gone on an amusement park ride and you felt like, oh no, I don't know. Why did I do this? Why did I get on? But by the time you're done, you're like, heck yes, (laughs) doing this again, get back in line. I mean, sure some of us hop off and we're like oh I'm never doing that again well then guess what I think to that I think maybe you stepped just a little too far out of the box because there's always a smaller step you can take and this is kind of at the core of a lot of what I I do with my grief coaching guys and I I grief coach I know I don't always talk about that on this podcast but if you ever want to work with me look me up. I have a Facebook group. I'll tell you all about it in a bit. But anyway, just look me up, reach out to me on Messenger or email me or whatever. Reach out. Let me know if you're needing my help. But this is one of the kind of at the core of what I talk about with people. It's like, let's not 
be trying to hit that finish line on day one. It's, we get so discouraged that way. How do we ever feel good when we're like working at something hard to have small achievable goals? So let's like moment to moment people. We're not trying to like even day by day is sometimes too much. So let's just take it moment by moment. And the same thing with like this goal setting stuff. If you're somebody who is finding yourself saying, heck no, I'm not getting back on that roller coaster ever again. That was a bad idea. Then you went too far too fast. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm never going on a roller coaster again. It just means next time start with a kitty ride. Like, why are you going on this monstrosity of the Superman or whatever, like this huge roller coaster that is just like so terrifying to even like the riskiest you know, risk takers out there are like, no, no, no. Let's start with something that is just a step beyond what we did yesterday. <laughs> Can we just do that? Because that is something where we're going to experience a win. We can do it. We can have a little rush and realize, oh my gosh, guess what? I'm still safe on the other side. And I think of this as training your amygdala because it's like, any other muscle that you flex, right? You got to work it out. (laughs) It needs to be pushed a little bit from time to time in order to grow and expand and realize that you can still be safe by moving outside of your normal, you know, everyday consistent life. But it needs to know that you can do these little things. And if you're showing it just the terrifying and like, let's say for instance, you do do some, I'm going to use an extreme sport or something, end up breaking your arm and everything goes bad. And now you have literally trained your brain the opposite. See, I was right. I should never have done that. That was a bad idea. These things are too risky. They're going to injure me. They're going to, you know, create turmoil and cost me money. And they're going to, so you don't want to be treat, um, training your brain rather to be, you know, thinking it's right in this big lockdown protection mode. You want to teach it and train it that, hey, look at this. I dipped my toe in the water and it did not fall off. (laughs) It didn't get bit by a piranha. It didn't like get surrounded by like bacteria. It's safe. And then like maybe the next day it feels a little safer to dip your whole foot in. You know, before you know it, you could be swimming across the lake. But it's like, man, we got to just get ourselves rolling and the wrong way to start rolling is too much too fast and proving your brain right that it should have protected you more it should have done more to keep you um you know out of out of all this harm's way like if only i had stayed with the same normal thing all would be right i don't think that's true but i think that's what we just told ourselves you know our body just felt like it went through the exercise and then learned that through it we want our bodies to go through the exercise and learn it's okay to spread our wings a bit. We're okay. So that's the way I look at it. And I mean, health-wise, I don't think it's any different. You know, I mean, well, let's just even talk about like our our diet for a second. Like it's, you cannot, the cold turkey approach, I tell you this all the time, it's never going to work for anybody. But like anything else, if you just change everything, you change your You change what you're eating, you change what you're not eating and what you are eating, you change what you're supplementing it with, you change what you're drinking, you change, you know, the time of days you're eating, how often you're eating, if you're cleansing or if you're, you know, there's so many different ways, vegan, you're this, you're that. If you like just keep swapping it up or like throwing things at it or doing all in all at once, it's like, oh, that is a roller coaster for your body. It wants to go back to the norm. Why do you think it's tempted back to that? Why do you think it goes back to old habits? Comfort food, right? 
that's not, it's called that probably for a reason. It's called it because it makes your brain at peace and amygdala happy and like, yeah, but it is not healthy for you, right? So it's not always, I mean, that's just a, I'm being kind of silly more, more than anything on that, but you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, we can't do, we can't change the whole entire world in a day, but it is so important to not stay safe in, in our bubble that we've come to know and when really all of our dreams lie just outside that bubble, you know, like if only, and I don't ever want that for any of you, but I feel like this whole podcast should be called like protecting your like future you from looking back at your life with regret. Cause that's basically what I really want to just keep encouraging you guys to do is to never be on your deathbed someday, looking back at a life not lived and just be like, yeah, well, <laughs> I existed. I went to my job every day. I had a good living. I, you know, I was married and had a couple kids, but, but like, where was the joy in it? Where was the fun? What was the adventure? Like, what did you do? What do you look back on with pride and what, what was fun and shook things up? My guess is on that, that end stage of life, we're all going to be like thinking back to like moments, you know, they talk about things flashing before your eyes, your lifetime, what would be on your reel? I mean, if I really look at my reel right now, it's pretty full. I've really worked hard at this. <laughs> it's not easy, but I mean, yeah, it's not just about traveling and vacations and bucket list stuff, but that stuff's important too. But it's like every day being a little more colorful, you know, you could just, let's say I have to go grocery shopping and pick the kids up from school. I mean, I could just mon like in a monotonous kind of like way go through that motion or I could smile at the cashier and have a quick conversation and then, you know, drum up a, a conversation with a woman in the parking lot as I help her with her cart. And then maybe she's going to tell me some story and that could change my whole day or, you know what I mean? Like I like to just have these little sparks throughout the day that could change everything. Because if you don't, and if you don't at least try and reach out and have these conversations, these smiles, these moments um, of just like pure happiness and stuff, then I mean, yeah, today's the same as yesterday. It's the same as last week when I went to the grocery store and picked my kid up or whatever. I didn't interact with anybody. I didn't go out of my way to make things different. And sometimes it's just that one little step towards the different that makes everything better. <laughs> you know, and so I know that um, when my real flashes before my eyes, I want it to be fun and beautiful. And I think I'm getting there. Like I, and we all have our work to do and I, I have a ways to go in some of my stuff that I, I want to look back with pride over my parenting years. And I'll tell you, I get a little hard on myself, but like, I feel like I fail a lot. <laughs> I think every parent does regardless. I mean, it's hard, but, um, you know, so I keep working on all those things, but every day I make sure it's not just monotonous. It's not repetitive. It's not the same old thing. You know, I have to raise my hand more often. I have to volunteer to do things that maybe no one else wants to step out of their box and offer. Oh, I'm already too busy. My schedule's too full. Okay. So is mine, but I'll do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and just that act of sometimes just saying yes, it's enough to like make things happen that are different. And that's, it's, I don't know. It's exciting. It's important. And like I said, it's training your brain. <laughs> it's training it that like variety is part of my everyday experience and that's normal and good. You know what I mean? Like if every day you're in the exact same nine to five, wake up alarm at this time out the door, like I was saying before, if you fall in that category, that is literally how limited you are because your brain will only recognize that pattern as safe. 
for me, I mean, my safety net is like really expanded right now because my brain knows, oh no, she's having a conversation with so-and-so. That could actually lead to really good things. It's recognizing and connecting that all of these other things, the spontaneity and the, you know, whatever, that it's not something to be feared and scared of because she does that and good things happen. It's starting to learn and make that connection. Now that's a neural connection that I want. I want my body to say, wow, last time she did this, what fun we had. And then it's going to be lighting up the different parts of the brain, the parts that are like, yes. <laughs> Actually, it makes me think that um, it's not, you know, ooh, I don't want to say who I think made the movie if I'm wrong, but what is it even called? It's the one with the, the girl and all the emotions in her brain. Inside Out? Is it Inside Out? I think it is Inside Out. And I don't know who made it. So, I mean, I want to give credit to Disney, but it could be Pixar. It could be, oh, that's the worst. See, that's when I don't like what. Anyway, the movie is Inside Out. It is a worthy watch, even as an adult, if you've never seen it, because it makes you think about these different aspects of our personalities and what lights up at different times. And like, we actually are a little more in control of that control panel in the movie than what we might think. It's not like these aren't just things that happen automatically without you having any influence. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, start to make that influence by dipping your toe in the water. So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be right back to the show. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about how you can find me and work with me if you care to. So many of you guys have been following me for a while now. Um, even if you're new to me, I just wanted to let you know I do grief coaching. And so if that's something that you're interested in finding more about what I have for a program or how you could work with me directly, you can email me at heather at canyoucurecancer.com. So heather at canyoucurecancer.com. Uh, the other thing I wanted to give you is my link to my private Facebook group. If you are just looking for a free group to be able to connect with other people who are also going through soul crushing loss, um, I do some coaching within that group. Um, and I can tell you all about the difference between being in my free Facebook group or working with me as a paid client one-on-one. -on -one. If you're interested, drop me an email. Um, if you want to just join the free group and you know that's where you would like to start, it's https colon slash slash connectionbeyondstruggle.com. All right, guys, back to the show. So I want to talk about something that maybe I've discussed before, but now I speak in so many different arenas. I do Facebook lives, podcasting, I'm on the blog, I do global grief conferences, and I kind of public speak a lot. So things are starting to get kind of mushed up in my brain as to who I've discussed things with, maybe private clients or in my Facebook group or in my private group. <laughs> I can't keep it all straight, y'all. So if I ever repeat something that I've talked about before, I apologize. But I obviously think it's a worthy topic. So I heard about this thing. It's like the back door sort of situation. So, so many of us want to do something and we try and then it's like a real quick decision that, oh, wow, that's not going to work. Therefore, here I go home. And then it's like, really? What? Why did you just decide that that wasn't going to work? Based on what? That first like dipping in of the toe? <laughs> I mean, if just dipping in your toe is going to make you decide that this is too much to take on, then hmm, I guess maybe like, maybe just try dipping it in again. <laughs> but also... Let's consider for just a second that 
there's also something called other ways around a problem. So it's like, you know, is it insanity that's defined as trying the same thing over and over and failing? Well, whatever, don't quote me on that because, you know, I might be making that up. But, you know, it seems to me as if we're trying the same thing and failing and trying the same thing and failing is not the same as trying and failing and then looking for a different way around, a different workaround, you know? So the topic today being getting in our own way, in a sense, um, and yeah, I think oftentimes, sure, we can blame the little amygdala, but we can also blame ourselves for like being a quick to bail and just not looking for that other way. And every time I've really had big success in my life, it's when it's like no and, you know, if you're going to tell me no, I'm going to tell you another idea of how I can make this still happen. You know, I'm always looking for the other door, the other way in. And when you do that, I think that's when the success becomes like, it's just going to happen. It's it's not a, a potential anymore. It becomes, it's just a matter of when, you know, because you're obviously going to keep digging until you get there. And since most of us are just about to succeed when we decide to bail out, (laughs) then we're probably darn close to finally realizing the thing we want right about when we give up. So I'm encouraging you to realize that the doors that you see at the front of the building aren't the only ones that exist. There's always another way in. And it's just about figuring out, you know, how can I go about that? So let's even take somebody's medical diagnosis because there was times when we had a lot of people say no. And we didn't really just accept that and roll over and say, well, okay, then we we're just going to give up. No, you can tell us, no, your radiation won't work for us. And if we really believed, by the way, that the radiation would have worked, we would have just kept searching with other doctors. We would have continued to, you know, search online or um, ask our physician for other um, referrals to other offices or whatever until we got the answer we needed to get. But, you know, practitioners, they know their stuff. And usually when they say, no, it's not going to work, I mean... I like to believe that they know what they're talking about. And instead of wasting my time on continuing to pursue that same thing and continuing to say, no, but it has to be radiation. What my husband and I did was we were like, well, okay, you're saying no to radiation. So what other options are there? You know, it was like, okay, close this door, but I know there's other ways into the building. So what are they? And so then we just started to weigh out our other options and we tried them and picked them off the list one at a time. And so, you know, as many of you know, my husband passed. So we maybe didn't open the right doors. Maybe we, you know, by the time we opened the right doors, it was too late and it had progressed too far. But I don't think, I mean, I think many people maybe get off to a slower start because they don't even start pursuing it in that fashion. It's just like, okay, this is my cancer doctor. This is the person that I go to see and I'm going to wait because he doesn't have an opening for seven weeks. And then when I get in, I'll tell him what I'm thinking. And then, oh wait, I didn't get to ask that question that visit. I'm just going to wait till my next visit. And then by that time, you're giving cancer the upper hand. And it's like, we prepared before all of our our videos, before all of our uh, visits. We had our list of questions already written up. Um, Some of you who might have subscribed to my blog where I was trying to fight cancer, you might have received what I provided, which is a doctor's list of questions. So when you go into a visit, have some questions already written down. When you're sitting in a good frame of mind, your your mind is clear, you're feeling good, 
you're not under the stress and pressure of sitting there right in front of the doctor having to come up with something on the moment, you know, already have it or your organized thoughts, all the worries and the things that you think might come up going ahead, go ahead and write them down. So then when you're sitting there and you have that resource right in front of you, it's not wasted time. It is very much like, okay, I only have a small time with this person who's got the answers I need. I'm going to make the most of that time. I'm going to come prepared, you know? I mean, and there's little things and this, these are some of the tips I give in there too, are, you know, how do we go about being organized and prepared for these visits? What do you need to bring in order to, you know, I mean, phone chargers, things that you don't think of where you could land yourself in a doctor's office for an entire day. And if you don't have a snack or a water or a phone charger, or, you know, you forget your insurance cards at home, or you, you know, there's a million things that I can think of, you know, some people have to take medications or supplements at certain times and they leave them at home because, oh, I'll be home by then. You know, I made that mistake a few times. I'm a type one diabetic and my insulin was at home. I was like, well, I'll be home by 530 or whatever. No. So, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot to go into it to really be able to be organized and have thoughtful questions and things that will help you get to your to your answer, you know? And so, I mean, I think in a large part, it starts with just recognizing there even is another back door in. So many of us are like, well, if they're the expert and they're saying no, then that means I better start getting my, you know, affairs in order. No, it means now I need to keep looking. I need to keep asking. I turn over every rock, you know? You don't ever want to have regret. Um, you definitely want to follow your healthcare provider's information. I mean, the stuff they're providing you with when they're helping you, but you also need to ask the right questions of them. You also need to seek out other opinions when it doesn't feel good and doesn't seem right. And then, hey, if you get the same answer from another provider, now we have what we can look at as like, okay, now I'm, I'm building up a case for that this might be the answer, even if I don't like it, right? But if it's just a one person's opinion, sometimes it's hard to like have faith and trust in the fact that that, that word is gold. So don't be sitting there scratching your head and wondering if you're getting the best care and the right answers and the, you know, instead take some proactive, you know, steps to make sure that if you're not sure and you're feeling uneasy, get it said to you again from somebody totally unrelated. And then it just solidifies it in your mind. It let, allows you to, to come to terms in a lot of ways. But the other thing is you don't want to sit idly while you do that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, now I'm going to go seek another opinion and that's going to take me, you know, three weeks to get in there. Well, what are you going to do during those three weeks? Because there's a lot out there that you could be doing. There's a lot of stuff about, I have seen people who treat their cancer. Now, none of these are cancer treatments, guys. I'm telling you right now, this is not my medical opinion. These are just things. I'm just throwing out what I've come across when we were battling cancer. But people were fighting their cancer with laughter. I kid you not. There's actually a phone number you can call and it's jokes all day long. And people have actually had natural cures to cancer through just changing that. Well, there's a whole lot of science behind that too. And I could get into that, but that's a whole nother episode. Point being, during those three weeks, you could be laughing more. There are people out there who have claimed to have gotten rid of their cancer with supplements and with mushrooms and with tea tinctures and with, you know doing all these cleanses and with parasite 
um, ridding. And I mean, I could go on and on and on with all the natural options. So maybe you exhaust and look at all of those. And when you find a bunch that seem like, wow, this is something we might want to try. Now, when you get to that next visit, those three weeks have passed and you're in that visit, not only are you getting a second opinion, but now you can face this new doctor with all those questions and say, hey, I found this, I found that. What is your thoughts on this? What is your, even if you end up going back to the original doctor, which a lot of you might end up doing that, you can still now you've had a second opinion on some of these other things. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. That's how we attacked it. We continuously had our list of questions for the doctors, things that we have found on our own that seem to have some promise. What do you think of? Because we never wanted to hit the point where the answer was there's just no other options. And even though he passed away, we never did hit that point. No one ever said to us, there's nothing else left to try, which is good. Um, And I mean, (laughs) some of you are like, what? That's good? Well, no, seriously, because I mean, one, we we need to continue to search and hunt and fight right to the end. That was our, our way. That's how we wanted to be. So yeah, it wasn't a bad thing that there was still things to try left. I mean, yes, we ran out of time, but, um, after he passed, I never once questioned whether we did enough. I knew that right up until the end, we were still looking and inquiring and trying. And that's how I want you to face things in life. Like no matter what, if it's an aspiration, if it's on your list, then don't just let it be that forever. Sit there as a someday, maybe, oh, would that be cool? Isn't that great? I wish I could have that. No, stop being envious of other people doing things. Go do it. You know, that's what I say. It's like, if you if you were looking at someone else with admiration and thinking, oh, I wish I had had the confidence to do that. I wish I had, you know, tried. Don't. Why are you shoulding, right? We've talked about the shoulds. They're no good. So it's about really starting to take the steps and never, ever just stopping and saying, well, I received a no, therefore I'm done. You know, or uh, there's just, I've opened the door. It didn't work. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, keep looking for the next door and the next door, you know, it's don't get in your own way. That's what it's all about today. You know, don't let your amygdala tell you different <laughs> that, you know, you got to listen to your body and you got to understand that these fear things that pop up are protective, acknowledge them, see what truths actually lie in them, and then still push the discomfort a little bit. You know, if you're, if you're really seeing that something is not in your best interest, then obviously leave it behind. But if it really feels like everything in your body is like wanting something, it's what lights you up, it gets you excited, your heart's racing, you're like, oh, that'd be so fun to wake up in the morning, be able to do that. Well, listen to yourself. Like if you are getting all of those things feeding your body that feel really good, even at the thought of it, imagine what the actual partaking in that thing would bring you. It's like, why on earth would we just shelf those things? But we do. You know, I feel like I often will be like, oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be so cool. And then nothing happens with it. Why? I mean, I went a long time talking about it would be fun to podcast or blog. I don't know why I said it would be fun to do it, but yet well, then why am I not trying it? Like, what do you have to lose? They asked that question and there's not a whole lot to respond with. I mean, there really wasn't much for me to lose. It would take some time and probably energy and maybe, you know, 
deter from maybe some other things I could have been doing. I mean, I would almost have to dig to see a downside. There wasn't really much, a small cost incurrence, you know, like, but I mean, if it was so much pleasure and positive that I was excited about on the other side of things, it was like, really, what am I putting it? Like if you had a scale and you were weighing this out, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense that I wasn't taking action because it was so far outweighed by all of the you know, the great things that could come from it that what on earth? <laughs> it really makes not a lot of sense, except for the fact that I think my amygdala is pretty loud. It's got a megaphone or something, and I am just learning to strip it down, <laughs> you know, take the megaphone away from it. You know what I mean? Put some sunglasses on it so it's not glaring in my, you know what I mean? Like calm down a little bit. I'm telling my body all the time to relax. It's going to be okay. And sometimes you need that internal dialogue. I'll tell you right now, when, whenever Everything inside you is screaming, oh no, I've got to do this, I gotta do that, I'm gonna run out of time, I gotta get I gotta fit this in today. Oh my gosh, I forgot I haven't done the bills yet and I haven't done this. I really gotta get a little laundry in, and when I'm done, I'm supposed to meet that guy at five o'clock. And if you start running that scenario, holy cow, by the time you're done, your body is like on another level of anxiety. And it's just a to-do list, for goodness sakes. And even if that can get you so elevated, then, I mean, geez, when the big things happen, like what, what do you have in your toolbox for when the big things happen if you're going to let those things just shake you so much? I just don't anymore. I mean, even I just kicked the, I'm sitting next to a fireplace and I kicked it right as I was saying that because my legs started to go numb because my legs were crossed. And it, did you hear the big thud sound? And I mean, bef the old me would have edited the heck out of this podcast to get rid of that and make it sound perfect. Ridiculous. Waste of time. What comes from that? So all of you guys didn't have to be burdened by hearing a bang in the background? Because let's be real. Did it inhibit your ability to hear the words I was saying? Uh, no. And you might have made like made a mental note of it. I don't think it means like, oh, I was going to be on the Today Show with my new podcast. And now they're going to say, oh, that's bad quality. That ain't happening. Like, no, let's be realistic. See, I'm banging around again. It's those are the things that keep us limiting ourselves and small and not trying and just deciding to not even bother because like, let's face it, if I had to spend, if every time I did a podcast, I had to spend a couple hours editing it, then it wouldn't be something that made sense for me. It wouldn't be enjoyable anymore. And I certainly wouldn't be putting all of the energy into the message. And that's what's important here is what I'm saying. It's not how perfect it sounds to all of the people out there who, you know, are really good with their sound and I don't even know what they're called. You know what I mean. So, but like, I'm not going to research to death what those people are called just so I can give you a word and make it sound better. It doesn't make sense. What makes sense is getting a message out. And the message gets out regardless of if I can think of what the audio tech people who love to like, you know, mess around with what the sound sounds like and the exact, you know, volume and how my blending and mixing everything and who cares I'm not writing songs here I am not about to be you know in the charts for whatever I am literally just trying to give a message to help people so if the message is in there and the bang that I did on this little fireplace didn't affect your ability to hear my words then it's negligible and it needs to be moved on from our perfectionism issues get in our own way quite often and I mean I know there's this whole movement about doing it messy and letting it be messy and it's just about doing it and I mean this is it in action 
You know, if you are finding yourself not dipping the toe in, it's likely because you've let all of those little details that haven't even happened yet. They're just fictitious ideas in your brain floating around that amygdala, letting you know that there is a potential of a problem. If even just the thought of a potential of a problem is keeping you from doing, you're never going to get there. And that's a fact. You know, it's like even saying the word that, oh, I'm never going to be good at that. It's like just saying that puts it into the world. Stop negative talking yourself. Believe in it. Speak it. And don't counter speak it in your head. So the second that I say that something, let's say I say, I'm amazing at basketball. Let's talk basketball because I'm coaching. So if I say I'm amazing at basketball, and I know, I mean, I'm not amazing at basketball. I mean, I am not Michael Jordan. I am not, you know, Kevin Garnett. I'm not out there doing anything exceptional on the basketball court. I am quite literally, you know, like beyond my my playing years and I'm into my coaching years. I am not expecting to be a phenom. But just the words, if I say that I am like phenomenal at basketball and then here's the thing that word could carry power if I let it if I believed it and I speak it but if what I'm then doing in my own brain is the second that I say like I'm awesome at it there's this internal laughter happening like yeah you know you're fooling yourself sorry I had to edit myself I swore (laughs) you know you're fooling yourself you're not actually you know, a superstar, like you're just lying to yourself. And as soon as that talk happens internally, it's like you have just negated everything you said. You know, it's like you can't say it and then laugh at yourself. You have to believe it. You know, there has to be a part of you that's like, you know, what? I'm awesome at basketball. And even if like you have to, in your own mind, go through the justifications for that and be like, You know what? A lot of people my age have already haven't played in years and I'm still out there on the court with young kids chasing them around. I'm in good shape. I can still dribble the ball. I still know the rules. I know, you know, and you reason it out. And even if it doesn't mean that you are, you know, LeBron James, it still is like you are acknowledging in your own mind. Yeah, I have some of the pieces and the components to make a great basketball player. And then what happens is very different. Your body starts to look for that evidence. So instead of giving your body an opportunity to look, to laugh in your face and deny you and say, no, you're not, you're kidding yourself. You're now opening it up in a way where your body can go, heck yeah, I am pretty good. Like you want that to be the inner dialogue playing. So you got to find the things, the nuggets of truth in the statement you're saying. So this goes to manifesting guys. And a lot of you that are trying to manifest and not feeling like you're getting anywhere, a lot of it is because just saying a positive affirmation doesn't make it so. You can't just be like, I am awesome. I am a millionaire. And then if you're not a millionaire, your body's like, ah, Have you looked at your accounts lately? Really? Like, who are you kidding? You know, you're not. So when you speak it, you need to be like saying things that you can like grab onto and you can find elements of it and back it up. Like if I say I'm a millionaire and I know I'm not a millionaire, that's not going to work. But if I say I am amazing at finances and then I can actually go with that. I could be like, you know what? You are amazing at finances. You lost your husband and you're still, you know, 
above water here. You're like, you know, paying for everything your kids need for school on your own as a single mother. You're, and it can start to try to back up that fact that I am doing good with finances. So you got to pick and choose your wording, but it is important to do these sort of like affirmations and tell yourself these things and say them out loud and know that they're true, but you have to believe it. Like you have to believe some element of it. Even if your goal is a far stretch from that point, you can't just be like, I have multi-millions in the bank. It just doesn't work that way to attract multi-millions into your bank. You need to know that you are great at money and you are great at creating money from nothing and you are great at keeping that money and, you know, spending that money and then receiving money. And then like you need to know that like all the elements that make that thing are even inside you first. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's why often I think like dealing with specific numbers gets you all up in. Sorry, my dog, you can hear him. He's decided to join us and slurp all over the place. But right at the end, you didn't want to miss the whole show. But yeah, you got to just find your way. Like even if your goals are huge like that, that's great. Set them high, but don't necessarily get so specific that you box yourself into already getting an internal dialogue going that's more of an argument than anything that's going to support getting that dream to actually come to reality. So, you know, there's a lot in this episode today, guys. I feel like I gave you a lot of good nuggets to work with, but it was a big full episode with so many different things. I mean, we talked about how to achieve your goals. We talked about manifestation. We talked about visualization. We talked about, I mean, what didn't we talk about is really the question. We talked about the back door and the other ways in. This is a fun one for me because I feel like so often we just count ourselves out before we're even at the starting line. So if any one of these nuggets just helps you get there and have confidence, then I've done my job. So thanks for joining today, guys, and I'll see you on the next one.